Hello, welcome to Colonels. I'm Christopher Hooting, the Independence Culture Editor, and I'm here with my colleagues Jack Shepard. Hello. And Jacob Stolworthy. Hey. So we kind of jumped in the booth for a little bonus episode this week to talk about Star Wars. I should say, first off, that it's uh, going to be spoiler-related this time. You know, it's been out for a few days now. I think a lot of people have, you know, who are really keen have got to see it. Um, so, you, But you might want to come and pick this back up after you've been to cinema if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting release because it's obviously... It's been like the second biggest grossing opener ever, which we all expected. Um, but the, the situation with like the kind of response to it, particularly between critics and fans, has been weird, unusual. You know, I think we're usually... You know, working on the desk we do, we're used to this kind of narrative where a big franchise movie comes out. Critics are like, yeah, some of them, you know, you kind of like it. Some of them absolutely pan it. And then reliably, it goes to the cinema and makes loads of money. And most of the time, fans are more favorable than critics and actually like think it's fun. Um, whereas this time around, um, you know, we all piled into this one screening they did of The Last Jedi uh, for like press and everyone came out and seemed to love it and all of the pretty much all of the reviews with the exception of like one or two that I saw were very very strong a lot of five stars um, a lot of bold statements being made and then people started to go in cinemas to see it and a lot of people loved it but then a lot of people didn't and you know I've had a lot of tweets in response to my review and stuff from people I know and people when I don't saying like what what the hell like I hated this so we kind of wanted to pick that apart really and work out What's happening and what's this weird parallel universe we're in where it's it's flipped for this movie? I think we're, we're, we've become very used to the Marvel formula where it kind of... They release a film, it does well on Rotten Tomatoes, but all the reviews are like three-star-ish. And this one did come out and everyone was so surprised at five stars. And it's built up lots of anticipation. Like, even the Twitter reviews were just... Some of them were really OTT. Although they just jump in there, like... We did expect it to be good, wasn't it? It wasn't like mm. people thought mm. it would be bad and then they saw the critics' reviews and were like, oh, it was, you know, everyone was, I think, pretty confident heading in, so it shouldn't have come to that much of a surprise to people. I think it's perhaps the the level at which critics were praising it. Right. And that it, was, it was still, I think critics coming out and giving it five star still comes as a surprise. You look at The Telegraph giving it five star and that's a big statement especially considering it is a franchise and i think that still gives normal everyday cinema goers something of a heightened expectation when perhaps this film for lots of people might not actually meet those grand heights because i i mean i really enjoyed it as a big star wars fan but i didn't think it was quite five star it wasn't oh my god this is the best thing ever it is two and a half hours long it is a bit over bloated and i think fans when you see that five stars, you think it must be the perfect film. It must meet all your expectations, which are already huge because it's, you know, he's been given a trilogy, Ryan Johnson, the director. You have those expectations already and to have them met by the reviews and then perhaps the film isn't actually quite five star for lots of people. And I mean, I guess we'll talk about this in a bit, like the way critic screenings are sometimes done, especially these ones and how they do give off this. It's a heightened reality. Well, I, I, I just think, my, my thing is there's just so much, like, um, like Star Wars is just so different to even the Marvel films, any other franchise. It's almost sacred, right? 
And it's like when, like, the, uh, the thought of seeing a new Star Wars film is so huge and so exciting, regardless of whether you are a huge fan or you aren't. And we as critics, we are very lucky we get to see these films before they're released, which are, you know, in some cases, the first screening in the country. Um, so when you go there, it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of it all, so that when you do come out, you do perhaps, you. I mean, it's really hard to say because it's all a matter of opinion. I would never ever begin to say someone's opinion is wrong or, or anything like that. But they might come away feeling more enthused about the film than they would had they seen it four weeks after, um, you know, and they paid for a ticket. Mm. Um, mm. I think I went, I took my brother, who's a huge Star Wars fan for his birthday, and he was so excited. Um, and I was excited, but but not for the same reason that he was. I was just a big fan of The Force Awakens, and I was excited to see what Ryan Johnson was going to do with it. And um, and I had a, had a really fun time with it, uh, but nothing more than that. My brother also had a really fun time with it, but there were things as a Star Wars fan that he didn't like about it as well. He wasn't disappointed. He just he does just things he didn't like about it. But then the reviews have been so devi divisive, which has confused me because it's just it's just like it's a really fun film. It's not awful, but it, for him, by my money, it's not excellent. And I think that it's 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 kind of a reaction to the positive reviews that the fans are, as Jack said, a tad disappointed. I think that's it. Well, exactly what you just said about your brother. You know, he's this big Star Wars fan. He went in there expecting really good things and he still enjoyed it, but he was slightly disappointed. Mm. And I think just the reviews have really stretched out that disappointed. And I don't think anyone, like I genuinely don't think people are disliking it. I think people are still enjoying it. They must be. I, I, I don't know, man. Just, I've seen a lot of people. I mean, really? There probably are some purists who just, like, you know, like there are with everything. Yeah. There are some people who probably did that with Force Awakens as mm. well. Um, I've only met one person who's in in person who's really disliked it, and then they came off as quite bitter about it. So we're not naming names. <laughs> no, no names. Go back to the criticism thing. It's weird because I sometimes think critics are sometimes guilty of overstating indies, kind of because they feel like they want to champion them. Mm. And you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of examples from this year. You could argue maybe Ladybird coming out soon. Mm. That yeah. people are getting behind that in a way that's actually bigger than the the film which is great but maybe not you know best reviewed film ever as it's been you know called in some places um and where it when it's like the the big kind of tempo franchise movies actually the critics are better at holding them to task because they don't feel so much on their side because it's a big studio who anything they feel kind of resistant to so it's weird and i guess i'm coming from it it's interesting obviously you know we've all been talking about it loads in the desk and even though we often tend to feel quite similarly about these sorts of movies i think we feel quite differently on this whereas jacob's kind of very mixed like it was all right um, and I think Jack likes it a little bit more, and then I really, really like it, and if anything, I would be more inclined to put my four-star review up to five, because um, wow. I think it it delivers on every front. I wanted it to, really. I was, I was watching it thinking, this is funny. This is getting, like, deeper into the kind of mythology of Star Wars than it ever, ever like a Star Wars film as ever has before, and then, and yet, and the action scenes are great and quite brutal. And yet, it also um, just comes across as quite lighthearted and fun. I think to do all of those things was pretty impressive. And why I thought it would be so beloved because it, I thought I thought that it was catering for everyone, the kind of more hardcore people, and then the you know the kids and more casual viewers and stuff. That doesn't seem to be what's happened. And for some people, it's like blasphemy, and there's petitions that it should be struck from the canon and stuff. 
Um, like that's so extreme. Like I, know, I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't even like begin to think where these people are, are coming from. Um, I, I, but I do think, like personally, from from my experience, like you said, I was mixed on it. But when I came out, I was quite up on it. And the positive, glowing reviews have kind of worked a little bit on me to the point where I'm a bit confused by the chat. And then seeing people's disappointment, I'm just sad for the fans. And I would hope that the positive reviews didn't lull them into this full sense that they were watching the masterpiece they were expecting. So if it's worked on me a tiny bit to where I'm a bit loud, like, come on, guys, it was just a three-star film. It wasn't awful. It wasn't amazing. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. Then it certainly would have... I, I, I can only assume it's worked that way on the fans. I think we need to ignore the reviews and even just looking at it without those, I think there are, I can still understand why fans are picking part, picking the film apart because there are, it's not classic star Wars. There are points, the humor in it, for instance, is very different to anything we've seen before. Mm. Um, The, the whole narrative of the movie going into like proper spoilers, like having Ray without, She's not a Skywalker. She's yeah. not a Kenobi. She's not a name. She's not like a proper chosen one anymore. And we've every Star Wars film has always been. We have Anakin Skywalker. We have Luke Skywalker. There's always been someone who is the chosen one. Kind of like in Blade Runner, where they ditch the whole chosen one thing. Yeah, you know that's why I think that's why it's it's so impactful to me watching it. I was like, this is the a biggest departure that Star Wars has ever taken. Mm. And that's saying a lot under like somewhere like Disney that is usually so locks everything down and doesn't want anything to be like fucked with to the point where they've been going around firing indie directors who've been trying to bring a new sensibility to the franchise. So I was really surprised to see it doing all like, this like self-deprecating humor, taking the piss out of the, the things that Star Wars is based on. This funny. And, uh, you know, like like you were saying about having Ray just her parents are just nobody. That's a very new element. Um, ditching a lot of the old elements from the from the prequel, just like pretending they didn't happen. And the uh, and I think the main one as well, just the the amount of like scuppered missions in this one. You know, that mm. usually in Star Wars, it's like there's the general who wants it to be done by the book, and then whether it's Han Solo or Poe Dameron or whoever uh, trying to like do things their own way in some super high risk maneuver that eventually pays off. And this that on two separate occasions, those plans stupid and then they pay for them and people die because of them and then someone has to come in and actually like do things more by the book i was like wow they're they're taking this into some new places but i mean uh, i wish i wish i felt that like as in i i i i feel exactly i completely know what you're saying but i feel like if it there were going to be if it was going to be a departure be more of a departure but for me it wasn't really i didn't watch it thinking wow this is such a different star wars film to anything that's come before i really didn't feel that i thought this is a uh fairly fun enjoyable film that that is literally i i'm so shocked when i'm hearing the just like when i'm hearing people slate it i'm like that's unfair <laughs> when i hear your glowing review of it and that i'm i wish i had that experience <laughs> i think the themes are different in this one you know the the whole finn and rose storyline where like that really irked me initially because mm, i was watching it and there was it doesn't accomplish anything. Like it doesn't move on the story at all because they fail and then they fail again and then they actually help out the bad guys. And it and it was frustrating. Yeah, at to first watch. I was really frustrated by that. But now I get it yeah. because it's like it's almost like I mean this is a bit wanky, but it's almost like a commentary on those kind of side quests and films and like saying yeah they did went and did went on this madcap adventure to a casino and it actually you know m- amounted to nothing. Apparently yeah. there was meant to be a scene where um, uh, Kelly Marie trans character Rose. Uh, when she's on Canto Bright, um, she 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 
puts on this dress and she comes down. It's like the almost like the I hate I hate to say the word ugly duckling, but that's apparently what it was in the script where she's now looking so glamorous and, and Finn's like, oh my god. And they got rid of that, thankfully. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. yeah. imagine. I really enjoyed the, the time at the casino though. Like I was into that. Justin Theroux. <laughs> yeah. Leftovers. But lots of people have hated that. Lots of people have hated that setting. I saw I was seeing online and people were like, this feels like Earth almost. And it feels very different to anywhere else in Stars. You know, but I like that. It was almost like it, this was right around Johnson's place to go, okay. All these people want cameos. Here's a list of people who I've promised cameos to. Let's just <laughs> shove them all in this film. Cause the majority of the cameos are in that scene. I, f- I felt he was doing, it's like, well, the original film has got the cantina. I'm going to have my cantina. Go yeah. There, and I'm, I'm going to make it bigger and actually objectively better. Mm. Uh, but yeah, for still some people, they will, you know, think it's too out there or, or I don't know, or maybe too humanoid. But um, but maybe they wouldn't have felt that if they hadn't read all the positive reviews before seeing the film. Maybe. This no, is, this is like, I don't know. I think you have it's, to ignore that. I think even just looking at it, just going in, that scene, I mean, it irked me a bit just because of the pointlessness of it. Pointlessness of it. And where it leads with the weird CGI horses is oh, yeah. that's odd. That like I'd, odd. I could, I'd happily lose that. I think they could have done that in a very different way. And I think it kind of almost, ru- it, it's borderline ruining that part of it for me because it is so weird. And... But not just weird, it's not done as well as the rest of the film. Like, there are certain bits in this film which I think people are picking apart. That's one of them. The other one would be Flying Layer, which seemed... <laughs> was oh. kind of weird. It was kind of <laughs> odd, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, even the CG it reminded me of on Beetlejuice when you first meet Beetlejuice and he's, like, flying around after. <laughs> it's really what it reminded me of. A lot of people were saying it's like Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's really like Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's kind of a weird way. It was sort of like a twist on Carrie Fisher's death as well. It's because you were like, oh, okay, so, well, she's died in real life, so this is the death scene. Mm. But wait. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was. Sick. I put my hand on my mouth and was so shocked. I was like, is that it? They're going to kill her <laughs> off like that? Another bit which was weird, the John Boyega, uh, Finn, trying to, like, commit suicide almost going like kamikaze into that thing and then stopping. It would have almost been better to just write him out it there. It would such oh, a great scene. Yeah. yeah. I, think I was, I just was watching that whole film. Like what is Finn's role? His only thing is I was, a, I was a stormtrooper once. <laughs> he's really not to do with anything and he's kind of served his purpose. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's just let him go. This guy go. There's, there's too many characters in this potentially mm-hmm. already. Like let him go. And then he pulls out, but it's a shame. It's, you know, it's a kid's so film. I quite we don't like him as a doing character. suicide mission into a roaring flame. That's yeah. quite true. Yeah, that's quite true. But also, you already, you literally just had one character commit suicide as well. Yeah. Which I thought was quite weird in itself. The one at the beginning, do you mean, with the bombs? Well, there was that one, and then there was oh. Laura Dern's character yeah. as well. Mm. That was shot so nicely. Yeah, it was. That's that's those those scenes islands. were some of the best in the film, yeah. for sure. Now, the whole cinema just went quiet on mm. that bit completely. So that was really great. But people have an issue with that now because this is going back to like proper Star Wars fans. They're saying, oh, why didn't they just do light speed into the Death Star or light speed into whatever? Mm. And it kind of saying it's messing with canon. That's something lots of fans have an issue with. At the end, when you've got Luke doing his force jump, you know, when it's his hologram on the other planet. Yeah. And they're going, oh, you know, that's never happened before. You can't do that. Luke Skywalker is another character that everyone's just had issues with, him playing with the dark side. I know we haven't, we were talking about this earlier, how I, I mean, I think it's quite infitting with his character to have that yeah, dark streak. Yeah. But lots of people, you know, it's their childhood hero who is suddenly, 
who was this kind of personification of everything that's innocent and good, mm. who's now a grumpy old man living as a hermit. But you, like you say, that has always been there in the first films. You know, that is constantly there. You know, this idea of like darkness and light and it's, mm. and it's life to an extent is, you know, always a balance of the two. So I, I quite like that element. But I think people ignore it though. And it's just... It's, it's odd. It's it's difficult to... I can't speak for the fandom yeah. because it's so huge. And even though it's one of my favourite series, I still really enjoyed this film. And I have no... I like it when people mess around with this stuff because at least it keeps you on your toes. And the fact that people people were complaining about Force Awakens for being the same and now they're complaining about this one for being yeah, too different. Annoying. Like, there's no pleasing some people. Mm. They're really not. I mean, and those conversations between Luke and Ray, like in the cave where they're talking about... And it almost sort of ends up sounding like Chinese philosophy and stuff about the nature of the Force. That's way deeper than, like, the, ori the original films were just like, there is the Force, feel it, feel it. Like, mm. you know, they actually tried to go a lot more, actually flesh it out, And but for some people, that's See, still... I think the idea of it is uh, way more interesting and uh, engrossing, but I think the execution of it just didn't land for me as much as it did for you, which yeah. isn't to say it didn't land in any way. It did. I had a good time. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think, well, because I absolutely love The Force Awakens, not just for being a kind of like, you know, shot for shot rehash. I love J.J. Abrams and I really had such a, I was so excited watching that film. And I had moments of that in this film, but I also had moments of, come on, this needs to go somewhere now. Mm. And I think the problem, like you, you, what Jack was saying about people are angry that they were messing with the Star Wars canon, you know, that, that doesn't really apply to me because mm. I am not a, a diehard fan. Um, so thankfully that, that wasn't a qualm for me. But I think that there were some moments where in that film where Ryan Johnson's writing was brilliant. I thought there were some moments where it was actually pretty weak. Um, yeah, there were a and few. I, but but then thank, thankfully, he, I mean, Adam Driver is far and away the best thing about the film. Yeah. Um, and Oscar Isaac, obviously. Um, but he he can write Kylo Ren scenes. So I, like I, that, that, you know, it's not like I think Ryan Johnson is a waste of space and this was a bad film. I, was, I really did enjoy it, but I just can't get the praise for it because there were scenes where he, it, the rhyme just wasn't as strong. And for a film that oscillates yeah. like that, is it can't be five stars. It can't be. I think part of the reason that um, I enjoyed it so much is because, like you, I'm not a, a diehard fan. So all those jokes for me where he's like, what do you really know about the Force? And she's like, it's just like moving some rocks or something. Mm. So, and <laughs> I kind of enjoy that because I don't take it so seriously and I like that the film doesn't take it too seriously. But yeah. I guess that annoyed some yeah. people. When Luke's like, I, I'm just an old man with a laser sword or something. Yeah, yeah, mm. I love it called a laser sword. <laughs> I, I think most people are happy with that and I think that's why everyone goes to the cinema just to turn off and enjoy these things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only when you look back at it critically and you go, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, this Luke being able to do that all of a sudden doesn't really make any sense. Him being grumpy doesn't, you know, lots of it, lots of Star Wars doesn't make that much sense. And we're at a stage now where we're eight films, nine films in. You can't tell the same simple stories again yeah. as the original trilogy. Like Force Awakens did that in a like a simple rehash way. But if they had done that again, then people would have been even angrier yeah. So we kind of... So, yeah, I mean, Ryan Johnson could have been like, well, you know, in the prequels, there's all this stuff about midi-chlorians and, like, particles <laughs> and, like, been adhered to that. But he was like, fuck it, no, I want to do something fresh. Let's just yeah. I quite liked Zor because I've, I've reviewed Force Awakens really favourably, but I've since, like, soured on it massively. And I liked all the kind of shots it took at it. Like, <laughs> I love that the entire point of J.J. Abrams' film was about getting that Skywalker, like, that lightsaber to Luke and then he just tosses it over his shoulder. I quite, I quite enjoyed that, like, literally throwing the... 
the rule book out the window thing. But but then I think only it is only like these directors. I think we'd be thinking the same thing about this film if J.J. Abrams had directed this one, and same. And you would have, you know, um, you won't be you won't be feeling as strong in Force Awakens if Ryan Johnson had directed that one as well. I think it's kind of the directors, yeah, and 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 writers obviously they are important, but this is ultimately just Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy going. We want this to happen. Um, so it's like I don't know. If I feel like Ryan Johnson's fingerprints are all over this. I, do, but I also think JJ probably would have had a chat with Ryan Johnson about this and loved that as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. I think he wouldn't have thought of it himself, some of those twists. No. But he would have enjoyed them. Yeah. yeah. But he would have come up with twists that were well, arguably better. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't think lost I think you, you know, you look at Looper and, for, and Ryan Which Johnson's was kind of fine. I really like that film. Mm. I think it's Could really have been good. better. Ryan could have been better Johnson. I didn't expect such a, a fun film from him when he's, yeah, he did Looper, which is like pretty bleak. And he did like the Ozymandias episode of Breaking Bad. And stuff. Yeah, which oh, is yeah. good. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess this, this all just brings us around to the whole this issue of like the conflicting ideas of like what they'll do with it next. So they've got an immensely successful film that's going to be do crazy business. But then I don't know what they, you know, they put it back into J.J. Abrams' hands away from Colin Trevorrow for the Bring finale. It on. And they, I'm like, what they... Get what their notes going to be? Are they going to be like continue with that kind of humor, continue with that kind of like risk taking and fresh stuff, or just I don't know? It's quite interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know if they'll continue that same tone with JJ. I don't know if JJ has that tone in many of his films though. With the the more quippy type. I don't know. Right. Mission Impossible Three has its, you know, it was pretty good and had it. Has, I don't know. I'm just a JJ apologist, I guess. But I, I think he's got an absolutely tough task on his hands Massively. closing this trilogy mm. because it, it's just a bit of a thankless task yeah. and it's probably going to incite more debate than this film is um, you forget as well because you know I, I mentioned in my review that you know Ryan Johnson kind of had the best job because in the middle film all you got to do is continue things so you can go on as many detours as you want to mm. do but he's not only JJ is not only pulling together the end of this trilogy he's pulling the end of nine films like yeah. decades and decades of history and that is it going to be the end though well, but I mean, it may make it sound like it is if the next trilogy is going to be, you know, a completely different new proposition set in another part of the universe. It sounds like maybe not at least until we're like 70, they're not going to start up this storyline again. So he's got to pay all of that off. And that's a really big job. I don't know how you do but that. I think everyone kind of knows how it's going to end. They've really set it up in this one for it's going to be Ray versus Kylo. Ray will win. And then she'll, you know, the very last scene kind of has that kid with his Jedi power. And so it sets up for her to now start the new Jedi Order. Like, she has all the Jedi books as well in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You get that brief shot. It's all going towards that one end point. And it will be... I hope it just doesn't do that, because they they sort of already did that with the thing with the broom kid at the end of this one. You know, mm. that, that whole, like, swelling point of, there's all these kids out there with parents, you know, who aren't any, like, special Jedi monarchs. And so if, if Maybe they just end just be it, a Jedi fiesta, just loads of Jedis going at it. <laughs> the big Mace Windu bags. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I mean. If it does do that, it, it, it's you're you're not going to enjoy that because that's literally all it does, and and you're going to blame JJ for that. And no, no, that's fine. I can't believe how much apologising you're doing for JJ. If you're going to blame JJ, but all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, if Ryan Johnson was directing that one, then it's just, it's. I, I do think the director obviously has a huge mark on it but ultimately when it comes to Star Wars it's not the the successes and failures of these films can't just fall onto the director so I, I don't know I think they will want to end it quite finitely though if they're going to move into this you know this supposedly you next completely galaxies. new thing I think yeah. it will 
I do think that, you know, the, the broom kid at the end, like that scene, I can imagine them all going, oh, people, the hairs are going to be standing on and on the back of people's necks and things like that. Did, did you guys get no, that? No, I didn't get that. I, I didn't get really that at all. at all. It just kind of finished. I got I got that with other stuff in the movie, but that I just I didn't really need that. Yeah, I kind of got that that sense from the scene, that really like good scene. All the stuff with uh, Kylo Ren and Ray fighting in that oh, area true. was awesome, it's and terrific. yeah, it was a really cool scene. And I kind of got that when he you know explained the parentage thing. So yeah, I didn't feel like I needed that. It, was mm. a bit random, it felt a bit tacked on at the end, yeah. and I think because it did end it ended with that wasn't it the shot on the Millennium Falcon where you see Leia sitting next to Ray and everyone's kind of working around them, mm. and it's like this is the beginning. Like this is a new hope right here yeah. of everyone kind of branching out this the new resistance, but I don't know. Then suddenly you've got this weird extra shot just to take it on a little bit and show the legacy of Luke Skywalker, and I get it, but I feel like it almost could have been slotted in just before, mm. maybe going from Luke's death into that, and then end with the shot of this is the new lot. Yeah, you know, we're going into the final film with these people. Yeah, I didn't that's expect the credits to roll after that scene. But then I would have been like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Yeah, mm. Do you know, that's my prediction for episode nine title, "A New Hope." I think they're going to do it again. Again, they're not going to do it again. Imagine A the, New Hope. The SEO will be impossible. <laughs> <laughs> another New Hope. Another. No, new it hope. won't be another New Hope, but it'll be something to do with Hope. I guarantee. Finishing, just bringing it full circle. Maybe. Yeah. And then J.J. Abrams will literally be doing a new hope. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say... Then I can't apologise anymore. <laughs> I've, actually, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed covering this film, actually. It's been fun and it's been interesting as well, with all the backlash. Oh, <laughs> the amount stretching in front of us, I don't know, I'm not saying. I feel like it's been, it's been fun to see a, you know, a trilogy that spanned decades that we remember we were kids, that our parents remember you know, being capped off in a way, the idea of that we're starting a new one in the 2020s is mm. like, oh God, can we please do some soon. kind of other space opera? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, I mean, that, my younger brother who came out of it, he was just like, I, I need a break from Star Wars. Mm. Already he needs a break. And I was like, yeah, every year it doesn't, when Force Awakens came out, I think the reason everyone loved it so much was that it felt really special. Rogue One, less so but it was like oh it's a new spin-off and this one it's oh luke's back this is really cool it still feels kind of special but it's almost waning a bit and yeah. i can imagine you know you got solo coming out i can in see that getting five months now. i can see critics feeling a bit feeling like maybe they overstated last jedi a bit mm. uh the fact that just like the fatigue of having had like three films in last year like do we need another side film as well especially after rogue one was shit to be honest um what do you think the legacy of Last Jedi will be? How do you think people are going to look back on it? I I think I think it's a really enjoyable watch. So I think people will look back on it fondly. But I I can just yeah I can see Solo not going well for them at all. And with the the fact that the directing's a bit all all over the shop, I can see it not really working and people really going for it. But I think you're dreaming if you think that people aren't going to give Solo five stars because they're the first people in the country to have seen. <laughs> really? God, you're a pessimist today. Oh, I am. Pessimistic. It's Christmas in less than a week, though. That's good, <laughs> isn't it? That's fun. No, I, I don't know. I, I, it'd be a real shame if they screw up Solo. That's what I'm saying, because that character is so good, and all the Mary is cool, and it's a really good cast, um, say, for Amelia Clark. So, yeah, I... Um, I'm uh, not a big fan of prequels, though, just in general, so... Like, I, don't, I don't need to know that guy's... Backstory. I, I like feel him. like there's. I, d I don't like how there's no tension in it. Like you know he survives. Yeah, you know he yeah. I, I don't know. I just he, if they screw that up, that'd be a shame. That could be a real fun film, couldn't it? 
It would. I would have been excited if they still had Lord and Miller on it. Yeah. Now it's like Ron Howard. He's like, it's so beige. Mm. Like, well, he. What kind of flair is he going to bring to it? And especially when you consider that the other two, like Twenty One Jump Street and Lego Movie yeah. and things like that, are so much fun. And mm. they're just so, you know, they really they shouldn't have worked. They're films that shouldn't have worked, but worked. And Solo is a movie that probably shouldn't work, mm. but they could have maybe made it work. And now it's like, it's a film that shouldn't work. And considering everything happened, it probably won't work. They could. I mean, Lord of Miller must have been really screwing shit up. Like, yeah. like just like throwing shit around They've for really them to cancel, to get rid of yeah. them. When Ryan Johnson was kind of doing the same with Last Jedi and they were happy with it. They've really bitten their lip, haven't they, about it. They're not mm. really talking about what happens, even though someone in that scenario, presumably both sides, are absolutely fuming about it. But Well, I was talking to a guy who worked on the film and he said that with... Lord and Miller, it very much was this improvisational. They do like four or five scenes straight how it is in the script just to get it out of the way. Mm. But to literally just throw that under the carpet and be like, now we're actually going. Now mm. this is what we want to do. And everyone would be kind of flying things around. And then the reason it all got stopped was because you had Lawrence Kasdan who wrote the film. Mm. And it's like his, this is his dream project. You know, he wrote Empire and stuff. And now he's written this one with his son. And oh, so he wants. Jake has that. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. And now he, you know, this is his baby. Really, he's the driving force behind it. Mm. So it's kind of fair enough if you want your vision. They should have almost got him to direct it. Oh yeah, just let him do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of the job of a screenwriter that you have to let it go, isn't it? You can't be backseat directing. But it's kind it. of what Jacob was saying earlier about you know Kathleen Kennedy being the like how much influence can a director have on these films. You know, if you've got Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan standing behind you mm. going, this is this is the film we're making. Mm. Unless, I mean, with Ryan Johnson, it was lucky that they literally just gave him everything and went, you can write it, you can direct it and, and hey, just have, have fun. <laughs> yeah, and now have a trilogy because that worked out. I'm pretty sure if they went to Lord and Miller, here's some brand new story. It doesn't need to be a prequel. It doesn't need to have any original characters in it. Just go and throw yourselves in some corner of the universe and make a film. It'd probably be really funny yeah. and really great. But they More would give... Full Disney, really. That's a real missed up. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, we don't know the working relationship behind that, but mm. you can imagine... You can only imagine at Disney there being quite a lot of control over these films. Yeah. But obviously, Ryan Johnson didn't have that. Because maybe he's just amazing. Maybe he's just. He <laughs> Ryan, seems like a really Ryan nice could have been guy. Than so. Worth Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what, have, what have we learned? Don't take Star Wars that seriously. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, have fun and don't. It's Christmas. <laughs> just yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Just go into the cinema and enjoy it. Don't over yeah. it. Don't underdo it. Just have a good time. Yeah. Don't read our work and work of journalists. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, actually, we need to pay the bills. Thank you. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, thanks for that, guys. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Merry and Christmas, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you guys. Cheers, mate. And Merry Christmas yeah, Merry to Christmas. our listeners. Thank you genuinely so much for listening. Um, it's been nearly a year of Kernels now, and I've really, really enjoyed doing it, and I hope you two here have enjoyed contributing. Yeah, it's been fun. Looking forward to keeping it going into new heights in 2018.